The Boston Greeks podcast is here and ready to bring Greekness back. Hey everybody, welcome to the Boston Greeks podcast. I am Ari and with me is my main man, my cubado, my friend, my life partner, Foti Stamos. What's up, Foti? How are you? Ari, how are you, buddy? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. This is the first episode of 2021, so let's make it good. Absolutely. I can't believe we're already into 2021 because 2020 felt like it was never going to end. <laughs> it really, really did. And now we're here and, you know, keep all hope alive for positivity and better things to come. Yes. Well, on that, on that same note, I got to say that 2020 also was a time that we kind of learned quite a bit and gave us the opportunity to come up with great ideas like Boston. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the funny thing is there's so much bad that we could talk about for 2020. But, you know, a lot of times if you look deep enough, you'll see that there, there were a few bright moments. There was a few good things to come out of it. Um, for example, I, I'm not going to say a lot, but like... Um, the guest we have today, he he said one thing that stuck with me, and he's like, it gave him an opportunity to really get to know new family, future family, right. and you know things like that. Are, you know, are are the positive. Um, uh, as long as you have a good family life, hopefully you do. Uh, but th- there's a lot of positives that come out, and for us, you know, you tell me, how is 2020 for us at, as a business venture? Well. It- I get it gave us more time together virtually, even though prior to COVID, you know, we were running around um, doing a whole bunch of stuff and we always felt like we were always running out of time. <laughs> right. But now I look back and I said, look how much we've accomplished because we were confined our computers and our devices, either home or at the office. And we were able to become a little more productive because we were more uh, focused in this new bubble. Yeah. And, you know, we're able to reach out to a lot of people and, you know, ordinarily these people would be very busy or they'd be like out of the country or they'd be traveling or they'd be doing this, they'd be doing that. And, you know, this gave us an opportunity to be able to connect in a lot of ways that, you know, not to say it's impossible for us to have done it. It it was very possible, but it would have been a lot harder to do. And, And the fact that you just mentioned that, you know, people were more available, you know, prior to this planning out bookings interviews appointments you know they you know they took a lot of effort and time now it's like we've been doing things on the fly we've been able to book people uh quickly we've uh we've rolled out quite a bit so on on that being said that you know 2020 has also given us a lot of positives absolutely and we launched um you know i i don't know if i could count this high but i think we launched like six apps five apps six apps with another two in the pipeline, we would have never been able to do that. That's for we damn sure. We were lucky if we got one off the ground prior to COVID. Let me tell you, in six months of COVID, we launched four or five apps. Um, and I probably wouldn't have been able to do that well, in a year to do wanna, one app. You want to let our audience know what those apps are? No, I don't want anybody to know nothing. <laughs> we have a well. We we have obviously. Hopefully, you guys have the Boston Greeks app because hopefully you're listening to us right now there. But if you're not, we're also on every single major podcasting network, so it doesn't matter, I guess. But get the app because it's really cool. We got classic nightlife pictures from early 2000s. We have music. We have blogs. We have events, uh, seminars, all sorts of stuff. So. So dev and so much more coming, like uh, radio, radio station. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be radio station with live shows, live guests, interviews, music, events. You name it, we're gonna do it. Um, that's coming in the pipeline. But get the app because we'll have all that information there. And then we have other apps connecting our show with Angelo. Angelos. Angelo, he's like Cher and Madonna. You just say Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knows. That's a great, a great fit right there. So, uh, so we we have a uh, we have a show with him, and we have an app for that, and we have a lot of cool guests. I mean, global global oh. guests for that called Connecting Greeks. Um, we got Greek donation, a, a, a service for Greek business charities, Greek you Artist. name it, artists to to raise money like GoFundMe, Kickstarter, all that kind of stuff. Um, 
but you know, fee free on the artist end. So it's like, why not? So look at that, look that up, Greek donation. Uh, we have Urban Wine Club, which is our, I think our, our first app of this new kind of uh, uh, pandemic generation of ours. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Urban Wine Club is like a wine social network. So definitely get that. We have a lot of cool stuff there. A lot of cool uh, wine and spirits for sale. Also seminars and webinars. Greek Wine Club, another app, uh, which is basically the same as Urban Wine Club, but very Greek specific. Um, Greek Sisters, which is a cooking and lifestyle app for recipe tips and tricks and all sorts of good stuff. What else? Am I missing something? We also have a, a fun app that we've launched in podcast. No, it's not an app, but it's a podcast. Which one? No backing. Oh yeah. No backing down. That's like, that's a heavy hitter because uh, we work with a sports agent. And so, and you say it's not an app, but it's going to be an app very soon because I'm, I'm working on it right now. But uh, we have, we got a sports agent. So he hooks us up with a lot of cool athletes, famous, you know, Super Bowl champs. Um, just a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. So just fun really stuff. cool. And what else? There's got to be something else. <clears throat> um, Greek Azon. Ah, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So Greek Azon is going to be the really cool, all things Greek shopping app. And we're focusing a lot on artisan products, artisan producers, really cool exclusive stuff you can't find normally. I mean, it, it maybe someday we'll have like the generic like Greek stuff, but right now it's just really exclusive, real, really like oh, high end. Once you, get, once you get to experience these artisan products, it's hard to just go back to. Well, that. that's the thing. That's why I, I don't like to rule it out, but I'm just saying, like, it, it, once you go that way, it's it's really hard. It, it's like wine. Like I used to drink drink like two buck chuck wine, no. and now I'm like a super snob, and I don't even know why. <laughs> but that's my palate now. There you go. And uh, and yeah, Greekazon is really cool. It's it's it hasn't launched quite yet. It's going to launch within a couple of weeks. But to find really cool stuff, really uh, Greek produced things, products, biodynamic, organic, uh, sustainable, all that good stuff. Th- again, thanks to the pandemic, it allowed us to seek, search, and source. You know these uh, producers and uh, sources in Greece that are allowing us to bring these products yeah and then um i mean if we mention that then we gotta mention last but not least uh i love sandorini boy that you just, love sandorini just the I, name alone just uh gives me good. so just real quick i mean this is gonna be a really cool app free app all of these are free apps um that is gonna be basically a tour guide a regular guide the travel uh, uh, say that again your, tra- your travel companion. Yeah, yeah. Right? Tra- travel companion. So basically, wherever you are on the island, or even before you get to the island, you could see what's going on and where. If you're on the island, you could see everything around you, how to get there, how far away it is. Um, the member feature shows where everybody is. You can literally see people. Like, if you want to go to a club, or you want to go to a restaurant, or you want to go see the sunset, you could see, like, how many people are there, if it's crowded, if it's not crowded. Um, there's, there's a section where it's going to give, like, discounts and 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 review freebies and whatever for at the businesses restaurants basically this is like the app to have you could communicate with other people um it's it's a community it it, it's it's gonna be super cool uh that's coming soon that's probably like another few months away coming so i mean we're we're doing a lot of stuff and just, just the sound of it is like that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> that's why I drink. Yes, exactly. But no, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's although a blessing for us to be able, you know, bring ideas and thoughts to reality. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we have this great community and we're Greeks. We're from Boston. We've done the whole uh, Boston thing. And now we're kind of getting our back into it because we just we know a lot of people we have a lot of connection have so much experience we are skilled at what we do like if you're talking about events community web app those are what we do that's what we so you know we're we're getting back into it yeah so we're getting back into it and then you know here's our 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 premiere episode of boston greeks and we have a really cool guest amazing yeah so we've known this guy I'm sure everybody out there has known this guy, but we've known this guy and he's done a lot of cool stuff and we, we're going to have so many cool guests. We're going to launch it off today with, with this 
really cool guest. And he, uh, should we mention it? Should we just jump into it? I would say let's just jump into it. All right. So we're just going to, we're not going to even tell you. We're just going to surprise you. So we're going to, we're going to jump into it and we're going to um, listen to this interview. A lot of good insight, really smart dude. And uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. So here we go. Here's our premiere episode. Thanks for listening. We have an awesome guest today. I think many of our Greeks in Boston know this person. If they don't know him, they've heard of him. Really cool guy. I've met you. I'm not going to say the name yet. Let's do an intro. Uh, But I've met you years ago. Very, very, very cool guy. Down to earth guy. Smart guy. Good looking guy, let me add. (laughs) And uh, Foti, I'm going to turn it over to you to give a little intro. Absolutely. It's an honor to have with us uh, our special guest today, all the way from Thessaloniki, businessman and restaurateur, Eric Papachristo. Eric, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, guys. This is a really, really cool thing you guys are putting on. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, it's um, it's always refreshing to us to when Ari and I sit back and we, it's like, we think of the list of all the individuals that we know. And it's like so many of us in our network are doing so many cool things. And why not, you know, promote that and uh, mm-hmm. create some awareness around it. So this is the inception of our of our Boston Greeks podcast, and we are delighted to have you as uh, one of our you know beginning guests of this journey. But Eric, as as Boston Greeks, obviously you know we're drawing guests from you know the local Boston, Massachusetts, New England area, and just like us, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and uh, as a Greek American, you know, what did that include for you going through the years of as a Greek American? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was born in, in the States, but uh, I spent my my really early years uh, growing up in Thessaloniki in Greece uh, and ended up coming back to the States when I was nine years old. Oh. Um, and we ended up moving to a town called Weymouth uh, okay. in the South Shore. And I swear my brother and I were the only non-white, non-Irish, non-Italian. <laughs> okay. So, you know, at that, you know, at sixth, seventh grade, all I wanted to do was just be American. You know, I wanted to play soccer and be with the cool kids and do all of that. Um, So I didn't really participate with, uh, you know, the Greek community here in Boston, particularly for us, it was uh, Rosendale that was the closest. Uh, I didn't I didn't do the Goya. I didn't do, you know, the church on Sundays and all of that stuff. Yeah, I and I, I didn't, so I missed out on on all of that stuff. But um, you know, I ended up going to uh, Suffolk for my undergrad, and as soon as I you know moved into uh, downtown Boston to go to school, I um, I started you know working at nights to pay my way through through college, and so I ended up you know I I never had the opportunity to be around um, Greek Americans here in Boston, and actually my first exposure to Greek Americans in Boston was the, the Greek American nights that were going on in the clubs back in the, the mid to late nineties and early two thousands. That's where we, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, actually knowing what I know of you, I really, I'm saddened by the fact that you weren't part of Goya because like a, a guy like you in his teens and Goya, you would have had such a good time. It would have been like so cool to, to be part of mm-hmm. that scene, but you know, better late I, than never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, so I missed out on that app, app, the opportunity to be connecting with Greek Americans, you know, kind of looking back, um, you know, my brother and I, we didn't identify as Americans, you know, when we were here because people would look at us as foreigners. But then when we also went to Greece, people would look at us as Americans. So we never really had an identity. And, you know, that's what the Greek American community or, you know, whatever sort of uh, immigrant American community is around here. You know, they're important, whether it's in Chelsea or in Lowell or whatever part of any town USA, when there's a big immigrant population, you know, having that family, those that culture, that unity is always important. And yeah, I mean, it, it sucked that I wasn't around it. And it wasn't, to be quite honest with you, it wasn't until probably the last couple of years, the last five years, that I started to connect more so with Greek Americans in and around Boston and really in, in the U.S. And I and I ha- have a, a really high respect for that. And we can get into that, you know, further. Yeah. Uh, but that's a, a huge part. Well, I was going to say, um, it's funny because maybe if you grew up a little differently, you wouldn't be like so connected now maybe it would have just been like the normal Mm -hmm. for you and you just would have gone about your business maybe it was that 
kind of disconnection when you were younger that made you so connected now? You know, just a thought that popped yeah. in my head. Good point. Yeah, yeah. And I also think, um, which is probably just as important, is that there's a new generation of Greek Americans, which is us, um, who are, you know, post-school, we're sort of in our, our mid-careers. Um, so we're, we have a, a foothold somewhere. Um, and we want to sort of give back and we want to uh, give tribute to our culture. I, you know, and I think to me, that's, that's uh, hugely important. And I don't know if that existed 20 years ago in a professional way. So for instance, you guys are probably, you probably know Stratos from the, the consulate office uh, yes. in Boston. I think Stratos has done an unbelievable job uh, of bringing Greek Americans of all different professions, academics, um, from all around the world to bring us really all together in a wonderful room to have really great, strong discussions, cultural discussions, uh, entrepreneurial discussions, science, medicine. So, you know, I, I took a little bit from, from Strato, which, you know, I, uh, you know I, I really value what he's done um, and I've worked with him in whatever capacity I, I, I could in the past few years. Um, Alpha Omega is another sort of a professional group that I belong to that when I got invited to speak at, their, um, at one of their events, I was floored that there were such amazing Greek Americans in the Boston community. Um, and as, as, you, as you guys know, I'm, I'm a restaurateur. And there was this old guard of Greek American restaurateurs back in the 60s and the 70s and in the 80s, uh, you know, my dad actually being one of them which was a very old school mentality. It wasn't bad. It was sort of like, you know, fend for yourself. Sure. So, and so there wasn't a lot of camaraderie, you know, you know, with those businesses. I feel now the camaraderie is tremendous out there with Greek American business owners. And, you know, when I started my entrepreneurial venture, which was in 16 years ago, uh, I sort of said to myself, I'm never going to do business with Greeks or Greek Americans. <laughs> and, you know, over the years, particularly the last couple of years, you know, my best vendors are these Greek American companies, which, you know, like Olympiana, um, you know, which brings most of our Greek stuff from Greece. But, you know, I've recently gotten really friendly with Mani, uh, Manny Thangivakis, who has his finance company, his father, who's got Costas Provisions. And they're, they're that new age Greek American mentality where they just want to help and support everyone else around them. So I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed and I'm so excited to be on this sort of rebirth of Greek American uh, support in the Boston area. Yeah, we, we've definitely seen um, an elevation in our in our Greek run businesses and, you know, whether it's restaurants, mm -hmm. whether it's distribution companies, uh, wine importers um, from mm -hmm. what it used to be 20 years ago. And it's and it's like so refreshing that finally, you know, we've broken out of this um this mold that's been, in my opinion, has been holding us down compared mm -hmm. to other cultures that are out there. And now mm -hmm. that we're out there, you know, everyone around us is just so um, impressed and so uh, in love with, you know, the, the rebirth of the Greek food and wine culture here in Boston. Yeah. 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 It's been amazing. It's been awesome. Um, so, you know, you discussed, you know, growing up in Weymouth, um, going back to Greece, coming back to, to, to the States, um, you did your studies at Suffolk. Mm -hmm. uh, what, while you were studying at Suffolk, did you ever think that you were going to be a restaurateur? No, not at all. So I grew up washing dishes at my dad's restaurant in Weymouth, this little diner, right? Um, you know, breakfast, lunch. I never made it to like cooking. It was always, okay. Eric, yeah, you got to go wash dishes. <laughs> so I, I washed dishes, you know, up until I graduated high school. And then I, I went to Suffolk and I studied finance, played soccer, you know, I, I just, I needed money, right? So part-time college job, I started working security at a, at a nightclub. So this is back in 1995, so uh, 25 years ago, right? Yeah, shit. Um, <laughs> so I started working. You, you think nineties night and it's like, yeah, just a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's great. You know, probably some of the listeners weren't even born. That, right? <laughs> so yeah, so I, I, I bartended my way through undergrad and through grad school. And for me, it was it was just like part-time gig that I would do at night. But again, having that very uh, immigrant mentality, like I, I don't remember taking a weekend off for, for like eight years, you know, because it was engraved, engraved in our parents uh, when they moved to America. You got to work, 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 you set yourself up, set the family up and support and all that. So, um, yeah, I never thought about being a restaurateur. So 
I finished my master's. Uh, I, was, I was fairly young. I went and worked at Harvard University, did corporate finance for them. When I got my second master's in finance and went and worked over at Ropes and Gray, you know, for a number of years. And there came a point where um, sort of like cross section in my life where uh, a couple of entrepreneurs approached me when I was 26 and said, hey, we want to open up a nightclub. Uh, do you want to partner with us? And, you know, I talked to my dad about it and he said, if you ever get into the food and beverage business, you will never have my support. Oh. And I said, perfect. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> so I left my corner office um, at Harvard and uh, opened up a nightclub. And that was, you know, sort of the, the start of my entrepreneurial venture. Um, you know, I was 26. I was heavily in debt to open up this nightclub. Um, but I, you know, had a couple of things uh, that were going for me. One was, again, as I mentioned, the hard work that my parents instilled, you know, and I think our parents instilled in this particular generation. Sure. Uh, that was a huge asset for me. And I think even still my success as a, as an entrepreneur today is based on the, the fact that I just work hard. Um, and then the, the second part um, of my success is just, you know, being at the right place and at the right time. And as Greeks, and as I come to Greece often, um, you know, I think this is my fifth or sixth tri trip to Greece right now for this year. You know, hospitality in Greece is like no other. And I think that goes, plays hand in hand with the success of Greek Americans and food, you know, in the New York area back in the 60s and the 70s, right? Hospitality is innate in who we are as a culture. So I think for me, having the hard work, understanding hospitality really from a family uh, perspective is what gave me the push to uh, open up my first place in 2004. And then from there, it was sort of, it's, it was all history, but man, what a, what a year this has been speaking about history. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, so you, yeah. you, your, your endeavors did not begin with a Greek restaurant. You, I mean, you, you noticed mm -hmm. that you, you, you explained about the nightclub that you opened, but then how mm -hmm. did you move into the restaurant uh, to begin with from nightclub? So, you know, I was 26. I was, you know, this hotshot kid. I was like, I'm going to open up a million nightclubs around the country. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not really into partying. Never really was. Um, and it was a tough lifestyle coming home at four o'clock in the morning. You know, it's, it's a, it is a great business model. I mean, the people that do own nightclubs, if you have your head straight, there's a lot of money to be made. Uh, but it's, it's, but it's also a very tough lifestyle. I mean, and, and I see my my uh, my contemporaries who are nightclub owners that you know it's 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 not a traditional uh family life that that they have so and that was the first part the second part was man every conversation i had every night was with someone who was drunk right <laughs> like i was like man like i just want to have a you know a, a good a good right, conversation right. so you know so i did that and i ended up uh long story short i ended up just having dinner at Rialto for a number of years. One of my good friends that I met bartending when I was, you know, 17 years old, he was uh, the general manager of Rialto, which was owned by Jody, Jody Adams, who Jody is now my partner in most of my restaurants. Uh, and we just became really good friends and we partnered up in 2011 and we opened up trade in downtown Boston. Mm. Um, I didn't quite know, you know, Jody's, really relevance and power in the culinary world. And for me, that was new, right? Because I came from the alcohol side right. and she came from the culinary side. Uh, but we really have the same ethos of hard work and hospitality. And we've been really uh, successful at it. And we've had a great run uh, doing business together. But that was my transition from nightclubs into food. And, you know, so Trade was very uh, a broad Mediterranean restaurant. Then we opened up Porto, which was a little bit of a coastal Mediterranean right. restaurant. And then, you know, because I'm Greek, um, I like to bring everyone to Greece. I bring a lot of my friends to Greece. And uh, I was bringing Jody and her husband to Greece uh, and even her kids, actually, uh, because I'm, I was just so wowed by the, the food in Greece. I mean, aren't we all? Uh, definitely. Uh, so um, we just kind of said, hey, let's let's do a Greek place. And, um, you know, we, we did it at a, at a time which, you know, we started Saloniki in five years ago in 2015, when Greece was having its own renaissance in food. And what was amazing, so our idea was to do a, a regular Yiravigo, right? To do the gyro, the gyro, the souvlaki, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we went to Greece, we interviewed a whole bunch of people and what we, you know, a whole bunch of shop owners. And what we realized is that 
90 to 95% of all the shops in Greece, even in Athens, the Saloniki and the, the Horia around the, the country, they're using frozen product. You know, I mean, okay. their bread is frozen, their meat is frozen, and there are, you know, enough chemicals in the processing of those foods that didn't make Jody and I comfortable. And that's what we, you know, for, you know, we said, you know, we're, that's not what we want to do. Yeah. Sure. So um, when we came to Greece in 2015, actually the New York Times had written an amazing article about Athens and, and the, the, I still have actually the newspaper clipping. It was in the food section above the fold and it was called Athens Uprising. And it was talking about the Renaissance in Athens, particularly Athens, uh, around food, art, and music. Because Greece was going through its economic crisis, and, you know, I mean, I can't believe COVID happened in 2020, as Greece was really coming out of the economic crisis. So once they were in the, in the middle of the economic crisis, you know, there was, you know, a lot of this sort of anarchism going on with the youth because, you know, you're 18, 19 years old, you're graduating high school or you're 21, 22 graduating college, and there's nothing for you to do. There's no job for you to do. So what they were doing, there was they were inheriting their father's uh, or their family's Hiradiko, uh, their, you know, Sublaki place. And they were saying, you know, they're smart kids, right? So mm -hmm. they're saying, you know what? My, the guy across the street is doing Guido. All right. Well, I have the internet in my hands. I have, you know, the power of the world in front of me. And so they started to really take food to a whole other level, food, music, and uh, art to a whole other level. And, um, you know, and so that's where Jody and I and my partner, John, really came up with the idea of Saloniki, right? We did not want to do, be the frozen gyro place. We, yeah. I just, you know, for whatever it is, and we have plenty of Greek Americans that come into Saloniki and say, this isn't really, this isn't real Greek food. Well, <laughs> you know, the interpretation is what is real Greek food to you. Correct. Um, and, you know, what's amazing now, my fiance and I just finished actually dinner that we got from an amazing concept that started out of Saloniki called Ergon. Um, they're actually, they're worldwide now. But, you know, if you go to Ergon, there's nothing that would remind you necessarily of frozen gyro, frozen souvlaki or something along those lines so they've they've taken the culinary one step forward and that's really what what our idea was for for uh, starting saloniki five years ago i gotta i gotta say that um whatever you've put your hands on in the restaurant side you've been big fans of all of the restaurants um mm -hmm. because it's all about bringing flavors together and mm -hmm. different components of dishes and as you mentioned you know we constantly hear the opinions of different Greeks and Greek Americans, what is authentic and what is true and what is real. But Greece is so regional and what might be produced in one part of Greece isn't the same elsewhere. So it's all about the interpretation that you present. And I, mm -hmm. I thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Actually, one of the food trips that I did is in 2016, I brought my dad, uh, who again, born and raised in Greece. I mean, he is all about the, the traditional, uh, sure. food that we all know, whether it's Spanakopita to Yvetsi, you know, you name it. Okay. And so I brought him and my photographer uh, on a food tour. And like, we think we spent like three or four days in Staloniki and then three or four days in Athens, probably hit about four, five, six restaurants a day. My wow. dad was floored, you know, at the food that we were eating was not the food that he thought or the, that Greeks would have done. And, you know, one of my favorite actually restaurants in Athens is uh, uh, by a Greek who um, spent time in Japan. And I think his fiance or his wife is from Colombia. And it's this fusion. But, you know, it's Greek ingredients. There's something about it that's Greek, but it doesn't look Greek. Right. So uh, Greece, like everything else, um, you know, has really taken their, their culinary steps and their culinary chops so far forward. I mean, to be honest with you, I would love to bring in Greek chefs to America. It's just, it's so hard. That'd be awesome. But I'm yeah. always looking for that. I'm always, I, I talk to Strato about that all the time. <laughs> How can we do a, um, yeah, he's got to set up uh, a some, program. Some sort of exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, last year I had a meeting actually this year in January with Patty Theokati, who is the, uh, the minister of tourism here in Athens in Greece uh, about setting up an exchange program. Uh, that I, I could send American chefs to Athens and he could send me Greek chefs and do an exchange program. Again, so unfortunately, COVID hit and it kind of took the whole world by, you know, we got to start from scratch, but yeah. But that, that is a great idea. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, I, can I mm -hmm. like take up cooking and you could send me over there? Is that possible? They need, they're going to need, they're going to need, Sorry. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that's actually that's that's yeah. really I mean we're surrounded by Greeks and and Greek things and Greek atmosphere but like I I actually learned something uh, and like some of the stuff you said about the steps that they're taking I actually wasn't aware of and that's really really mm -hmm. cool to hear I I love hearing that. No, I was going to say just you know even you know every time I come to to Greece and I spend time here with my fiance uh you know we're out eating all the time and she's you know, born and raised here in the Salonigi. I mean, she spent a lot of time in Athens, but, uh, you know, she's, she's bringing me to places um, that are just absolutely amazing. And um, speaking of amazing places in Greece, two of the top 10 bars in the world, right, are actually in Athens. Wow. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't even like in the world, like Boston, does, you know, doesn't even have these sort of places. And so two of them to be out of Athens, again, just kind of shows you uh, how creative, imaginative these, these, I call them kids, but you know, they're, uh, amazing you, places. Yeah. Can you share the name of those two bars with us? If you, um, yeah, Baba Aurum is, uh, one of them. And again, and you, it's like this, like kitschy seventies retro bar in like in an alley in Athens. And it's that's just so cool. amazing. Uh, and then the other one that's probably the even more well-known is called clumsies. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, amazing stuff. I mean, again, every time, you know, when I, when we bring our chefs uh, to Greece or we bring our beverage managers to Greece, they're floored by by what Greece is doing. So, you know, we're just trying to bring some of that back to to Boston. And as, as well, we you that. should we definitely need that here in Boston for I, sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I'm 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 very excited to get past COVID. So so many cool things that should have been executed can finally be executed, and this is. Mm -hmm. absolutely something that should be executed i mean and you're mm -hmm. honestly you're the guy to do it i mean you you have the history you have the current uh experience and the connections who could actually pull it off so uh mm -hmm. hopefully you will be able to do that and let's just get through this and now the 2020 is over so let's just uh <laughs> yeah positivity speaking ahead of, speaking of covid uh eric how are you dealing with um with with this whole pandemic i should say with uh, running you know own, as a restaurant tour with mul not just one but multiple locations um you know mm -hmm. how is it for you uh, that you can probably let us know yeah it's been um you know a total mind f right like <laughs> i think the the toughest thing is that we just don't know when the expiration is right like when can we say okay we're, we're past covid um, you know, at first it was a two week shutdown, then it was a month shutdown, then it was three months. Now, you know, we're, we're close to a year now. It's really hard, uh, in our industry in particular, uh, you know, I have a, I'm, I'm very vocal about my thoughts about it. I think, um, in short, our government has failed us and has failed my industry for sure. And, uh, you know, there's, there's no support for us. You know, they, and the ironic thing and the thing that, you know, gets me the most sort of upset about it is that whenever, you know, there's a, uh, a political campaign, where do they first go to for donations? They go to restaurants. Right. Where does the Little League go for donations? They go to a restaurant. Where was, you know, the Boston Marathon? We want to do a fundraiser. Can we use your restaurant? I mean, restaurants are the fabric of the community. And I, and I really can't stress that enough. Um, you know, I, I own a suburban restaurant as well. Uh, it's a little bit more apparent to see how important the fabric of that restaurant is in the community. Um, you know, in Boston, it's a little bit tougher to see because there's just so many restaurants. But um, some restaurants that I, I, I think about in Boston is something like Toro. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Toro in, on Washington Street. Yeah. Like, I, you know, Toro has been open, I think, probably around 12 years now or something like that. You would never have walked down that neighborhood 12 years ago. Now, I mean, again, pre-COVID, you know, Toro is the hottest restaurant to go to, right? Like it's it's a thriving neighborhood. Uh, Eric Allenback has done the same in Southie in South Boston. You know, he's opened up Lincoln Loco Capo Fat Baby, um, and he is he has single-handedly gentrified a whole community. Property values has skyrocketed. He's brought energy to the neighborhood. He's brought all of this you know, amazing, you know, things to the city. And here we are, every politician is saying, no, shut down restaurants, shut down restaurants. So again, I don't want to get into the political right. because no, we hear you a lot for a while. <laughs> um, but, um, but it's been challenging. I think, um, you know, we, you know, I laid off 357 employees in one day on March 15th. Um, 
God. You know, these are employees that, you know, no one's a millionaire, you know, working in the restaurant business. You know, everyone is starting out minimum wage. They're in between jobs and between schools. You know, these are, you know, they, they pay their rent with this money. They're paying their college tuition with this money. And, uh, you know, it's really hard to let those people go. Um, you know, it, one of my lead investors um, in one of my companies is a professor at Harvard Business School. And um, sort of like two months into this pandemic, I called her up and I said, hey, uh, do you guys have a course on how to handle your business through a pandemic? <laughs> um, you know, the short of it is, is it's no, um, you know, there, there isn't sort of a, a playbook. We've done actually relatively well uh, through the pandemic, uh, but that isn't necessarily saying much, right? We're just, we're holding ourselves above, the, sure. uh, above water. Yeah. Um, we're trying to be successful. Again, we're trying to be pillars in our community. We're trying to support our community and we're trying to support our staff. Um, and you know, every single day, we're just trying to think about how can we do better and serve better and how can we come out of this pandemic stronger Sure. Um, I have to say, knock on wood, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one, I'm more fortunate probably than some others. You know, I think I've had, uh, I've built an incredible team behind me uh, that's been able to weather, or I would say weather is the right word, that has been able to, to struggle through the COVID uh, process with us, um, and you know, landlords that uh, really understand the value that that we bring to their building. So. It's it's been a struggle. Uh, we're going to come out of this. Uh, we're all going to learn a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, crazy, amazing. As you said it, you know, um, we got to all hang in there. You know, patience. Obviously, uh, you know, we try to keep it together. Who knows how long that's going to last? But we're hoping that 2021 is the beginning of this turn. And um, mm -hmm. and uh, we, you know, we can't wait till that ends so that we can come out to the restaurants and enjoy life like we mm -hmm. like we used to know it. Yeah. You also mentioned, you know, you're in Thessaloniki, uh, which is also Greece now is also on another lockdown. So how is that for you versus the, you know, <laughs> the situation in, in Boston or Massachusetts and the lockdown there in Greece? Um, so I've been coming to Greece uh, through this uh, pandemic now, right from the beginning. I spent a month in May. I'm here for another month now. And then I came, you know, through the summer for a couple of weeks at a time. I have to say this is the toughest that I've experienced uh, Greece uh, with the lockdown right now. I don't particularly enjoy it uh, from a political standpoint and from an economic standpoint. I love, I'm loving my time here because I'm hanging out with my fiance. We're sure. re redoing the condo. We're in middle construction. You know, her parents live across the street. We have amazing food at our fingertips. It's actually, you know, it's really, really good. Um, but, um, you know, it's tough. It, it guts me to see, uh, you know, Greeks here not being able to, uh, live life as they've known it. Right. Um, at least in America, in Boston, we at least have the freedom to get in your car, drive wherever you want, True. walk around Boston with a mask or without a mask. You don't care, right? It's, it's like, it's America, live free or die. Uh, you know, here in Greece, every, you know, you're mandated to wear a mask. And, you know, it, it, there is this oppressiveness that comes down and everyone's scared about the police. They're going to write you a $300, uh, 300 euro fine. And, you know, they're living a bit in fear. And, you know, I feel bad because, again, they were just coming out of this economic crisis that lasted well over a decade without any support. Uh, and they managed it on their own. And now to see them kind of get back on the bottom of, uh, of the barrel and try to, you know, lift themselves up. You know, it's, right. it's a little bit tough to see, but you know, what's, what's really interesting is this morning I went out for a bike ride for about an hour. Most of the people that I saw outside were probably over the age of 60, 70, okay. 80. They're out there, they're exercising. Yeah, they're wearing their masks, but um, you know, it left an impression on me. Like, man, how come, yeah, like we're so unhealthy in the States. Like, you know, you have 70-year-old Papudes walking around the Saloniki here for exercise. I love, I just love, love to see it. Um, cool. They're, you know, they just mandated another uh, stricter measure that starts tomorrow. It's supposed to end by next week. Supposedly, the schools are going to start a week from tomorrow. So, uh, you know, in January 12th. So, um, it's been tough to to see it. Um so but do they again do they, see, do they see the numbers coming down with this with these measures that have been in place recently? Um I, it kind of like the US, right? It depends who you talk to and True. what you read. 
Right, um, right. Okay. <laughs> I did read an article yesterday that Greece again is sort of on the on the lower end of um, uh, positive tests, which is great. Sure. Uh, but again, we just don't know the relativity of all of this stuff and, and what it really means. I just want to see the country and the world get back to normal and, and uh, give everyone a, a chance to fight for their food at their table again. Yeah, I hear you. Well, mm-hmm. on that note, Eric, um, once we get past this sooner than later, anything that you'd like to share with us of what might be in the pipeline for Eric? <laughs> <laughs> um, I... <laughs> I'm, I'm always a little bit quiet about the pipeline because the pipeline changes so quicker sure. and so fast. Um, you know, I'm, the, the growth of Saloniki is, is very important to me. Uh, and we are looking ways on how to keep growing the brand, um, certainly locally. You know, we're not uh, overly ambitious to, to talk about anything outside of Massachusetts necessarily yet. But uh, we are looking at deals and we're looking to expand the company. We just have a, an amazing team behind us. And Awesome. Um, I just don't want to kind of put that to waste. Um, you know, there's some real estate, big, some real estate development stuff that I'm, you know, working on. Um, but I think, you know, what, what's more important to me is um, once we're getting, once we get out of lockdown, once we get out of, you know, these uh, measures and face masks and stuff, you know, sort of the refocus for me in restaurants and building the communities, um, connecting with people, you know, that is so, so important for me. Sure. You know, I mentioned Stratos. Uh, I have a couple of uh, Greek American friends, Nico and Yanni, who I've recently met. You know, we meet once a quarter. We go out to dinner and we talk about investments and we talk about this and we talk about that. I'm actually more excited about my personal stuff than I am, That's you know, so cool. than, than probably I've ever uh, had. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, getting married to my fiance is uh, is an exciting thing for me. Uh, that you know, Absolutely. knock on wood, everything goes well this year. But yeah, I mean, I'm one of those guys that, um, you know, I think my, my mother-in-law or my soon-to-be mother-in-law just mentioned to me the other day, she said, uh, Eric will never have to worry about uh, what he's going to eat. <laughs> Meaning, you know, you, you take everything away from me. I'm going to figure out how to get up. I'm going to figure out how to build. Right. Um, so, yeah, so it, there, there will be some exciting stuff. I just, I don't even know what's going what's gonna to happen. I'm just excited to reopen all of my restaurants, particularly trade, Porto. I have a Saloniki at the airport that's that was supposed to open last September, uh-huh. but because of COVID, where we you know we halted uh, construction, and the Saloniki at the airport is going to be at Terminal E. Okay, so cool. everyone who's going to be going, you know, international people are going to be going to Greece. You know, oh, hopefully they'll. they'll, they'll <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm excited about that. That's so well. cool. Well, we're definitely excited for you because uh, you give us inspiration to uh, to be proud as Greek Americans uh, to have such wonderful places for all of our friends who are not Greek and for our mm-hmm. colleagues and so forth to recommend. Information-wise, do uh, you want to share with us for our audience how people can find out about your restaurants? Is there any common uh, website or any handles that you want to let us know about? Um, I don't have a common one, uh, Saloniki Greek is uh, probably sort of the, my biggest audience. Uh, we have the three stores in Fenway, MIT, and Harvard. Um, then I have Trade as well. I've got Trade in downtown, and I have a Trade at the airport. Porto as well, which is in Back Bay. And then down on the South Shore, uh, just uh, opened a new restaurant there about a year ago called The Venetian. Uh, it's, not, it's not Greek, it's Italian. I, I wanted to play with pasta a little bit. Um, How you. dare I, you, yeah. Eric? How dare you? I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I think at some point the Greeks were, uh, were you know, had developed uh, the uh, that area a long time ago. So there's some Greek mm-hmm. roots in that area. Oh, so. oh, oh, absolutely. Hoti's turning into the uh, father from my big fat Greek wedding, tying everything back into the Greek. <laughs> <laughs> we all do that. Yeah, yeah we do. Right. That, of that's course. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing things. It, it was actually really interesting to hear from your perspective because it's you know like I said we we're surrounded by this all the time but like every time you speak to an individual you get uh, you know this different perspective that you're like oh wow and mm-hmm. and you definitely brought that and and mm-hmm. you know we thank you for 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 sharing that with us and and amazing success that you've had and I'm sure you know again knock on wood because 2020 taught me never to assume anything but like <laughs> we're sure great successes in your future and whenever you take these trips to greece you know Fati and i are available we are yeah hanging out here uh <laughs> mm-hmm. i'll keep that in mind yeah, yeah, just get your stomachs sure. ready 
<laughs> Absolutely. So, Poti, uh, you wanna? Uh... Yeah, definitely, Eric. Um, again, um, we wish you um a happy and healthy 2021. Um, did you mention that uh, this is the year of getting married? Yeah, he did. He this did. is the year. Yeah, 2021. Well, good luck to that. You know, uh, you. we um. We and you, you you stated your in-laws are going to be across the street. Is that good or bad? Is that it would scare the hell out of me? <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, you know, good. <laughs> I gotta say, you know, there's some there's some interesting things that happened through COVID, right? Like everyone sort of learned something. It actually gave me an opportunity. Like it forced me to spend a lot of time in Greece, and I actually really got to know my in-laws from a very different perspective. It actually, was a wonderful thing because if we didn't have COVID. I would have been going back and forth with my fiance and we wouldn't right. have had this, this time. So, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, you know, oddly enough, it's a good thing. They're amazing, amazing people. That's awesome. That's, that's yeah. so good to hear. And Eric, this is yeah. not, hopefully this is not the, even though this is the first time with us, it won't be the last. We definitely would like to bring you back on at some point again, to kind of give us the updates on what's going on. Um, and also on the, uh, on the, wine side and on the other side because he's all part of the industry yeah, we, and we do a lot of like mm-hmm. cooking stuff we do a lot of wine stuff and it would be cool to, mm-hmm. to connect with on, on that level yeah we definitely would like to have you participate or, and you and your team as well to participate with us on our other webinars that we uh that we host we'd love to absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely on so, that note eric cool, um, thank you very much enjoy the rest of your evening ari you want to sign us off yeah, I want to say also, you know, Eric eats a lot, but he's in really good shape. So that's that's another yeah. thing that we here in America need to uh, to focus on because, like you said, he eating constantly, and you're you're certified in something, right? You're yeah, I've been a, I've been a CrossFit trainer. I've done everything from triathlons to bodybuilding shows to wow. you know the the PMC, which is a two hundred mile bike ride every year to raise money for the. Uh, Dana-Farber cancer research, you know, that has, that's like near and dear to me. And I have to say, again, not another sort of, you know, COVID political issue here, but, you know, staying, uh, you know, healthy is so, so important. And ironically enough, you know, here in Greece and the news, you know, we see it broadcast all the time, like make sure that you're eating healthy, eating healthy. So, um, you know, we, I think Greeks in general have good genes. Here's my biased opinion again. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's been actually very helpful during, during COVID um, to ensure that I'm taking care of my body, taking care of my brain, taking care of the people around me. Yeah. So, uh, I could yeah. not have said that better myself. It's so important. And uh, obviously, Eric, you're making us look bad, but uh, <laughs> my goal is to, <laughs> to get a little bit better and everybody out there, you know, Mm-hmm. Like Eric said, you know, it, it's very important. Eric, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank time. you, guys. We know you're, in, you. you're in Greece and, you know, you, you got some good food to get to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we want to thank you again. It was awesome. We learned a lot. And again, you'll, you'll be seeing Eric with us, hopefully many more times on many different levels. Thank you, Eric. Happy to do it. I look forward to it. Take care, gentlemen. Take care. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And there you have it, guys. That was our interview with Eric Papachristou. Very cool guy. I like Eric a lot. He, uh, he has a lot of good ideas. He's a hardworking guy. Uh, a staple now in the Boston scene. And uh, like we said before, you guys, I'm sure you guys know of him or him. Um, I find it hard to believe that you, you haven't come across his name somewhere. But uh, it, it, was a, it was a great interview. Amazing, amazing. Just the uh, just to listen to what goes into you know into the mind of an individual who if you think about it, you know he's waking up to multiple restaurants. He makes time to take care of himself health wise. Oh yeah. You know he's uh, traveling. He's meeting. He's raising money. Um, he's working on future projects. Like sometimes we say ourselves, you know, there's just not enough time in the day, but if you really think about it, I guess there is, if you, if you really become disciplined and determined and just have a really strong foundation of a work ethic. If I, if I grab my coffee and I sit down at the computer and I forgot my uh, water, I'm I'm all bent out of shape for the rest of the day. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, you got to learn from people like this. Yeah. (laughs) It's fascinating and I, and it's inspiring to hear, you know, what goes on or behind the scenes when you see like, you know, these headliners or when you see all these great restaurants, when you drive by, like what goes into it? And, you know, 
it really takes, I think, special individuals to make it happen. Absolutely. is one of those special individuals. Yep, he absolutely is. So, yeah, so, all right. So that was our premiere episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We had a lot of fun. And obviously, we're going to be doing, you know, so many more. Uh, We're going to try to hit a weekly basis. Uh, While while COVID's still around, it should be pretty doable, I think. Uh, we'll see how it goes after, but I think we, I think we have a good, a good we, we hit the ground running and I think we, you know, this is our fourth podcast and probably not even our last one, meaning how many podcasts we do. Right. So we have, we have three other podcasts we do uh, and you have to get all our apps, like we said before, so you can listen to all of them. They're all on the apps and, um, and they're all on the major networks. They're Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartMedia, Amazon, like they're everywhere. So you, you have no problem finding them. You can't miss uh, us. And what? You can't miss us. No, you can't. And it, as long as you don't mind the sound of my voice, like go and listen. Because <laughs> if you listen long enough, you'll get used to it. And then you kind of like it, I think. Unless we get some voice filters for you. I, I should do something like a robot voice. <laughs> <laughs> like hello, Fadi. But yeah, so so Eric, thanks again. Uh, we appreciate your time. I believe uh, our next lineup is going to be who's who's on our next episode. Well, one of our dear friends, um, General Consul Stratos Eftemio. That's a that's a doozy right there. This guy's done a lot for Boston. Really cool guy. Very nice, uh, personable. Uh, and he, he, you know, he seems like the type of dude you could just like walk in and chat, and he will like be totally down. Right. 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 Absolutely. Look, I'm looking forward to that as well as always. All right. Well, that's coming up next. Uh, we again, we hope you enjoyed it. We thank Eric Foti. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank me for whatever yes. you want. Always. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. We will see you. Download the apps. Download the podcast. Listen. Watch. Do it. Just do it. Do it. We're here. We're here for you. And Absolutely. stay tuned for everything we got coming. Thank you. Yes, us. Yes, us. Mm-hmm.